Welcome to Open Court with Fairfield Basketball Coach Chris Casey. It's your podcast destination for Fairfield Hoops. Along with the coach, I'm Bob Heisler, joined by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis. And our special guest today is Stags guard Caleb Fields. Well, the Stags have reversed course. Last time we spoke, Fairfield was looking to end a three-game losing streak, and now they have won three in a row. And how impressive is that winning streak? Well, for one thing, all three of the wins were on the road, and all the wins were against teams that were picked to win their respective conferences. So certainly an impressive winning streak for the Stags, Chris. And uh, we'll start off by asking you, what is the biggest difference between the team we were discussing in late November and the team that is beginning to gel here in mid-December? What, where are the biggest improvements right now? Um, I, I think it's just more at this point, Bob, part of the evolution of us. I, I don't think that there's a, you know, the, there's really no difference between me showing up in practice today and coaching our guys and the energy they bring and the effort they bring and the attitude they bring to what they brought, you know, back at the end of October. I think it's more just an evolution of, of a beginning to understand what we're trying to do, um, them playing together a little bit more and what we're trying to do. Um, you know, I think there's been a certain amount of progress that's enabled us to do that over these last three games. So I don't know if there's a there's not a switch, there's not a complete difference. I think it's just it's evolving a little bit. It still has to obviously continue to evolve, but I think you know our guys have stayed the course, sort of beginning to see a little bit of payback from some of what they're putting in. After uh, the Sacred Heart win on Saturday night, I saw assistant coach Glenn Breika and uh, chatted with him for a while. And, and he, he admitted that when he first saw this group, when he came on as one of your assistants, uh, he frankly thought it was going to take some time for the, the wins to come. And then he really praised the job that, that you have done. And I know that you don't want to talk about yourself specifically, but Glenn was glowing in his praise of what you have done to help this team achieve um, some of the things that you set out to try and implement. So that was my question. What specifically are the things, and you've referred to this during the podcast, that you want to implement, your imprint on this team? If you could get into those areas and where you see the development there. Well, you know, I appreciate Glenn saying that, and I'm not giving you a coach speak on this, but I, I really think, you know, other than uh, – encouraging these guys to be what they're capable of being. I don't know that I've done anything other than that. I mean, I, you know, if you watched our practice today, I, I mean, we had a really good practice, and I kind of, the last 30, 40 minutes, almost stepped out of it, you know, in terms of what I was offering during the course of the practice because Caleb especially, who's sitting next to me right now, and a number of other guys just kind of, took the practice over in terms of energy level and what we were doing and what we were trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, I, I, I always I, – I said this in the very beginning. This Part of this decision was easy to take this role uh, that was asked of me because I like these guys so much and I, I like uh, I like their, their upside and what they're capable of. And, um, you know, so I don't know. I appreciate what Glenn was saying and, and – uh, you know, but I really think that these guys are just kind of realizing what they're capable of, the beginnings of it. So really, other than encouraging that, I don't know that I've done anything special to, to get them to, to start to move forward. Chris, um, Bob and I walked out together, like we always do after the Iona game, 
And we were a little disappointed. We don't like to lose. We don't like to lose to Iona. But we were encouraged because Caleb came back, looked like he was himself. He missed a bunch of games. We know, you know, it's not easy jumping on the court after you miss some games. He had 21 with four, four threes. And we both talked about this. We said, boy, we really have the potential to have four really good guards. So has that, you feel, been a big part of your success now as you win three in a row and you go forward getting ready for league play? I, I think no question. Um, and Kayla knows this, uh, and all our, our guards do. Uh, guards win the games in this league. Uh, that's how I feel. And you obviously need the other guys to do certain things, and but guards win the games. And, um, you know, we have the benefit. You know, you saw this, this last game. We did it against Yale, too. We put four guards on the floor uh, with a big guy, and that helped us tremendously, you know, in terms of handling the ball, making free throws, making good decisions with the ball. Um so I, I I love those four guards. Um, I I think I think as we go on, I'm hoping to be able to do a few more things with them, um, and put them in situations to help us win. But um, you know, I just keep encouraging them to make plays. I, I think that that's they need to play, knowing that uh, myself and the staff trust their decisions uh, and go make plays. We're behind them 100 percent with with their decisions on the court. And they need to be able to play free like that because I think they're capable of making a lot of plays. Let's uh, bring in Caleb Fields. And a couple of things for you to start off, Caleb, is um, the coaching change. How um, how difficult or easy was it to adjust to having Chris Casey now um, as your head coach and making the adjustment to, you know, different style, different way of doing things? <clears throat> Honestly, uh it was kind of easy, you know, because uh, we all we all knew Coach Casey already, and he was, you know, he's real positive, and he always showed us how much he believed in our abilities to play on the basketball court, and not even on the basketball court, also off the basketball court, as you know, as young men, you know, growing in this world, but you know, playing for Coach Casey, it's just, it's I don't think it's any simpler than saying it's easy, because he just believes in us and he allows us to play how we want to play. And he trusts that we're going to make mistakes, but he also trusts that we're going to make the right plays. And I feel like having a coach, you know, who just believes in you all the time, you know, really helps us out. How about uh, the assimilation with the three guards that Joe and Coach Casey just talked about? You are out there with three uh, outstanding uh, players, guards specifically, and Jalen Leach and Bryson Goodine and Jasper Floyd. Uh, what kind of a curve is there in learning to play with that particular group? As you have said in the past, and as Coach Casey just alluded to, the MAC is a guard-oriented league, and now you're part of a really good guard group in this league. But what were the things that led to this this group, this specific position group coming together? Um, I feel like it was in the off season, you know, as we got more time to play together, because um, in the off season, you know, we're, we're going um, head-to-head. So it might be two guards, like me and Jay Leach versus Floyd and Bryson. And we didn't really get opportunities, you know, to practice together. And, you know, once I got hurt, then it was just three guards. You know, then Jay Leach got hurt, now it's two guards, and then Bryson went away. So I feel like, you know, over time, since we've been able to play together, it's just become easy. It's really just become easy because we're all good basketball players. we got good IQs, and it's just it's really simple. Um, you went through the injuries, as I mentioned. It's just my opinion. It took you a couple of games to get your feet back on the ground. 
Last game you had eight points, five rebounds, 20 minutes, 29 minutes, and only one turnover, five assists. I can't read my own writing. Five rebounds. Three games prior to that, your numbers were off the charts. Mm-hmm. 50% from the field, 39% from three, over 17 a game, 34 minutes per game. You're off the ball more so this year with Jasper. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on that? Um, I like it. You like honestly. it? Honestly, okay. yeah. I, I like being off the ball, you know, and then – uh, how our offense is, you know, any guard can bring the ball up and run the offense. And if there's a set play, you know, Jasper got it. Or if I'm right there for the outlet, I'll run the offense. But being off the ball is, is no different than being on the ball because it's all the offense is all the same for the guards. There's an old saying that a rising tide lifts all boats, Caleb. And uh, you're out there now with Jasper Floyd, as Joe just mentioned, a fully healthy Bryson Goodine, and also a fully healthy Jalen Leach. Now, Jalen was healthy most of the mm-hmm. season last year, but uh, you could see he's really hit his stride. With those three now doing what they're doing, how much does your game improve as a result? How much better player are you for having those guys on the floor with you at the same time? I feel like we feed off of each other because you can't guard all of us. And I don't mean that in any disrespect or anything, but – if I'm having a good night and Jay Leach is having a good night and then Floyd's having a good night and the next game I'm having a bad night, well, Bryson's going to have a good night. We're all not going to have a bad night. And then we feed off of each other. That's just how we play. We feed off each other, and I feel like – and we all defend as well. So I just feel like it's just fun out there. Chris, um, kind of expanding a little bit on what he said, you have six guys that average between eight and a half and 13. Is that important to you? Oh, definitely. I think the more threats you have on the floor, the harder you are to guard. Um, and, and I was I was looking at that today myself. I, I feel like there's, you know, six, seven guys that can go on the floor and can make a play and can and can get a basket. And um, and I think they're all guarding, too, you know, so it's not just one end of the floor. Uh, and I think also those guys present some versatility defensively where you can X some things, switch them and you know, maybe have different guys uh, guard different positions. So, yeah, I think that's really important to me. Uh, it's important to our team. You know, everybody, you know, part of being on a team is, you know, you, everybody has a different role, but everybody's status is the same. And you want to feel in that status like you're contributing to winning the game. Um, not everybody can be a leading scorer, you know, but everybody can contribute to winning the game, you know. Um, so having everybody involved like that, yeah, I think that that's very important for our team. You know, Coach, uh, Caleb said something a moment ago. There's probably music to your ears. He said in reference to that group of four guards, and we can all defend. Well, the defensive numbers are, have been trending nicely for you uh, lately, 57 points allowed at Sacred Heart certainly speaks to that. Ultimately, what do you expect the defensive identity of this team to be, if I could put it that way? I, I want our defensive identity. In my heart, I'm a pressure guy. You know, and I think we're we're getting a little bit better at pressuring. I want to get better at it. Um, and, and, again, as we trickle more guys back, Barim is back a little bit. We need to get Lex back. You know, Caleb is now healthy. Jalen's now healthy. Bryson is healthy. I, I want to pressure some more. I want our, our identity to be pressure. I want our identity to be um, anybody guards anybody on the floor, which allows you to do some switching. Um, and I want our identity to be that we speed teams up that we make teams go faster, um, I think that that allows you to uh, to get stops and get you out in transition, which I also want to do. So that that's kind of what I'm, I'm 
uh, envisioning as we progress through this season. Just be, you know, uh, pressure, speed teams up, make them play faster than they want to, and that helps us get stops and get out in transition. I'm not going to ask you, Caleb, if you like playing that way. Mm -hmm. I'm almost assured that you do enjoy playing that way, pressure, speeding teams up. Specifically, though, how does that fit your particular set of skills? Um, like you said, yeah, I love playing that way, you know, getting up and down on the floor and, you know, putting the ball in the basket. You know, last year we didn't really average, you know, a lot of points, but this year he's just letting us go. And I feel like the more we heat teams up, it's going to give us more opportunities to score the ball. And, you know, scoring's fun. Yeah, well, um, that brings up another point. Uh, we're talking about a three-game winning streak. And um, it started off with the – each each of these wins has had a different kind of signature. You scored 88 points in the win against Ryder. So you had a great offensive showing. In fact, that was the second-highest point total a Fairfield team has had uh, Division One competition over the last six seasons. So you put up 88 points against Ryder. Then another kind of win at Yale. You're on the road, and it's a comfort behind win against a really good team. And then against Sacred Heart, you win a rivalry game, an emotion-filled game, and you did it with some good defense, and um, I thought you out-toughed them in the second half. So different wins, different kinds of personalities and signatures to each of those wins, Chris. What does that tell you about this particular group? Is there anything that you take from that and – and say, you know, that shows me this. Well, I think what what I take from it is they understand what the most important thing is. You know, it, you get two coaches in the room and they're diagramming X's and O's stuff. The the guy with the, the chalk last wins, you know, the, and that that's what coaching is. But what's more important than X's and O's and you put go oh, here on the floor and you go there and for is your ability individually and collectively to compete play hard all the time, having the right mindset, playing for each other, being about uh, we rather than me. These guys have really, um, that's the base of our personality, and these guys have really understood the importance of it. So that's why I think you get uh, the ability to win games different ways, not because it's a different play, not because you came up with a defensive scheme, just because you compete hard. And you find a way, you know, like the Sacred Heart game, we, we scored 20 points in the first half. Yeah, I asked for my money back at halftime. Yeah, I mean, we had 20 <laughs> points in the first half. and But I thought we, we took some good shots, and, you know, we just didn't make shots. But what we did do is we held them to two points the last seven minutes and held them scoreless in the last, I don't know, 520 or something like that. Um, and that allowed us to be right there at the end of the half. And then we put up 47 points in the second half. So... I think that's the most important thing. These guys have taken are beginning to develop an identity of, hey, we are going to compete hard and we're going to come at you for 40 minutes on both ends of the floor. And that's going to give us a chance to win. And then we as a group have to just keep getting better at the details and the things we're trying to do. Um, I, 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 I don't want you to I don't want you to think I'm Debbie Downer on this, but I'm looking at the numbers. We're talking about your four guards. And I, I know we also do a run of the personnel and injuries and things like that. I'm curious about Bryson, Goodine. Um, Caleb had some injuries. Um, uh, Leach uh, had some injuries. And Goodine was the man, like 18 points a game. His numbers have been good uh, the last four games, last five games, is as good as they were earlier. 
in terms of shooting percentage, three-point percentage, all good. But his minutes are down, and his scoring is down. My question is, is it, are, you, are, you, are you concerned about how, first of all, is he, is he okay physically? What can you tell us about that? And second of all, um, again, we all have personal pride. Is that something that's going to bother him? You know what I mean? That he went from being the man to just being one piece of the puzzle. Yeah, so um, two-part answer to your question. First, I think he's good. He's battling a little bit of a groin injury. Um, so he's fighting through that, but he's done a great job of fighting through it. He went through a full hard practice today where we went up and down a lot uh, after a couple of days off. So um, he's doing fine with it. And then the second part of that is, you know, uh, if you look at his numbers, they've come back a little bit, but then you're adding uh, Jalen's and Caleb's numbers to it. So if you go by position on the floor, you're still getting the same amount of production out of the position and it's kind of the same with Louie and James Johns Jr. You know, one may have eight, the other may have seven, four rebounds and three rebounds, but at the end of the day, they play 20 minutes a piece. You're getting 15 and seven out of the four spot. So well, I'm not, I'm not, you, I'm not, I agree with that hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, no, I'm no, just I'm curious. That's part of, that's part of the progression of, 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 uh, you know, team over individual player. So Bryson's role is uh, Bryson hit some huge shots in that Sacred Heart game. He hit a transition three that pushed it from four to seven, and then they never caught us after that or came close. I think they got to five in the last minute. So uh, the thing I tell these guys, that and, and uh, they're bought into that uh, at this moment and need to continue to be, is that, you know, as we get guys back from injury and we have more bodies and more people we can throw at you, your minutes may come back a little bit, but you still have to be productive in those minutes. You may not be on the floor 35 minutes. You know, and I give Caleb a ton of credit. You know, we, we if you watch the end of that game, I thought we were playing really well with um, Jasper, uh, Bryson, and Jalen on the floor with Louie along with Peyton, and I thought we were going really well. And I'm looking down the bench, and I want to get Caleb in. I want to get Caleb in. But I felt like we were going good. So I went down to the bench. I'm looking down the bench, and he's the loudest guy on the no bench. I saw loudest it, yeah. guy on the bench. And when I went down and said to him, Caleb, listen, I didn't forget about you. I'm just – I think we're going good, you know. So you're going to go back, be ready, because we're going to win this game at the end with four guards on the floor. Right. And he's, Coach, I'm good. I'm fine, you know. So that's kind of what we have to be. And Bryson has taken that in too. Like Obviously, good. he wants to play a little bit better. But he'll be fine. He'll figure yeah. that part of it out, and he'll get 100% healthy, and he's going to help us win. Hey, in terms of talent, he's one of the best guards I've ever seen here with athletic ability, the way he can shoot. I was just curious, you know, you're a coach, and being a coach is not easy, you know, even yeah. when things are going well because yeah. you're trying to make everybody happy. I'm just curious as how yeah. and, and it's a, it's a very – It's probably none of my business. No, but no, I, it's I a great – Joe, ask. it's a great question because it's part of the basketball dynamic, and, right. and part of it is me pointing it out to guys – but then the other part of it, which I say all the time, and Caleb can attest this, I can't get in your shoes and do that for you. You have to do that. You have to be mature enough to flick the switch and understand, you know, team over me. And what um, minutes I'm out there, I'm going to make sure I contribute to winning. And when I'm not out there, if I'm having a great night, I know Caleb's going to be for me. And if uh, Jalen is having a great night, I'm going to be for him. And that's how you win. So I, I used it. 
I, when I coached, I used it when I played, and I used it with my kids. It's, it's, it's the quality of the minutes, not necessarily the quantity. Next. That uh, selfless quality, uh, Caleb, is that something that uh, you've sensed on this team that has maybe grown over the course of the season? Absolutely. <clears throat> I feel like, you know, everyone's happy for everyone else's success. You know, it's it's easy to get caught up in like, oh, I only paid 10 minutes today or I had two points. But it's it's hard to, yo, Coach Casey, you played great today. 20 points, t- uh, five rebounds, whatever. And I feel like a lot of our teammates, basically everybody does that. We cheer each other on. And as you cheer each other on as a team, your individual success, you don't even, you don't even notice it. So it's just something like that. Now, look, there's obviously so much – more to go in this season but at one point you were one and six and you know what joe and i noticed it we've talked about it on the podcast you guys were still chris has attested to this you guys are playing hard you're giving effort the attitude remained good despite the fact that the record wasn't what you wanted it to be at that point and obviously there were goals still to be achieved but how did you guys keep it together in terms of maintaining that positive attitude uh when you were one and six. And I ask you because you're one of the leaders on this team. That's all credit to uh, Coach Casey, um, 100%. You know, he comes in and he – He's shaking his head no, by the way. I know. He's not <laughs> going to take credit for it. But, you know, I'm going to give him the credit for it because after every loss or after every halftime, you know, he'll come in and he'll say, no negative energy. I don't want anything negative from you guys. And he's never negative. I've never seen him, you know, get down. You know, that's just not – that's. You can uh, agree it's not in your body. It's just not what you are. <laughs> so he's not a negative person. So when you see the head coach doing that every game after a loss, after a loss, after a loss, we got to do it. And we're now we're slowly turning it around, you know, and still we're still the same. No negative energy. Even though we're winning, we're still – we got another game. We got another practice day gonna, by day. going to revisit a, a, a player or the name of a player who we talked about already in relation to your role on this team. That's Jasper Floyd. Uh, you were the lead guard last year, and I remember when we had the podcast with you last year, we were talking to you about the adaptation. You are probably more uh, uh, comfortable being off the ball. I don't want to put words in your mouth. You can talk to that. It doesn't that. really matter to me. I can handle the ball. I can run the offense, off yep. the ball, whatever I need to do. So I'm comfortable both ways. How, but how much better is it now with Jasper as the lead guard relative? I'm going to ask you, and then I'm going to ask Chris Casey about uh, Jasper's impact on this team, but starting with you. Uh, Jasper, he he kind of reminds me of myself. You know, he, he's a dog. You know, he's not going to take any crap from anybody, and he's he's a warrior. He goes out there, he fights, and even if it's not – I've seen nights when it hasn't been his night, and he's still cheering people on. So I feel like just having some – and he's new. So having someone like that, you know, come into the program and just automatically take that role as, like, I'm a leader, I'm a dog, I'm going to – help the, uh, the team win, I feel like it's just easy. It just makes it easy on me and my teammates and even the coach. And, uh, Chris, you bring in Jasper. Uh, he's a transfer, a junior college transfer out of Hillsborough community uh, down in Florida, an unknown quantity as far as uh, the MAC is concerned and Fairfield is concerned. Has he exceeded the expectations you had when you brought him into the program? Um. Well, I'm going to give you two things. The first thing I'm going to give you is we got four lead guards in my mind. There's not one lead guard on this team. We got four lead guards. And if you look at our team to this point, each, all four of them have made huge plays in games and have had big games for us, and that's going to continue to happen. So um, 
and they can all play on and off the ball, maybe with the exception of Bryson. Bryson is a little more of an off-the-ball guy than an on-the-ball guy, uh, which is fine because he brings other things. He goes and rebounds the ball, and you know he makes athletic plays on defense. Uh, but in my mind, we have four lead guards. Um, and, and as far as Jasper goes, you know, I'm, I'm bad at that, Bob, because people ask me that question too, who's surprised you, who's – and I'm bad at it because I always think everybody can be good. I, I don't know, I don't know why that is, but that's just kind of the way I'm wired. So, you know, um, in terms of his meeting expectations, exceeding them, I mean, I, I think he's a very good player, and I expect him to play well. You know, and I want to encourage him to play well, and that's kind of the way I approach the other guys on the team. And I don't mean to avoid the question. I just, I'm bad at that. I, I just am. I, I just look at a player. And unless it's obvious that he's way over his head, I mean, I, I've been, this is my 38th year, and I, my thing is I never count anybody out because I've seen guys who look like they can't play a lick their first year who become outstanding players their second year, you know, and I've seen guys get passed. I've seen guys get passed back. You know, it, it, I've seen a lot of things. So um, I, I'm just happy to have him on our team because he's definitely a tough guy. Um, he's a great team guy. And he embodies like what we just talked about. I mean, he could have four points, four rebounds, six assists, and Caleb could go for 25, and he's still happy if we won the game. So um, I'm just glad he's with us. We have uh, spent a lot of time talking about the guards. Let's uh, shift to one of the bigs. And this was a very pleasant surprise on Saturday night against Sacred Heart, seeing Barima Sek on the floor for the first time as a Fairfield stag. Um you had told us that his rehab was going well from the high ankle sprain and he was getting closer, but still some people were caught by surprise observers that he was out there against Sacred Heart. They thought maybe it would be a little, maybe we would have, would have seen him in the Wagner game or LeMoyne, but he was out there on Saturday. And uh, two-part question, A, what were the things that uh, made you say, okay, I can give this guy the green light against Sacred Heart? And B, um, the numbers – if you look at the box score, they don't jump off the stat page, but he, he made an impact. Can you quantify for us uh, the Yeah, impact? he definitely made an impact. Um, you know, any time you add a guy like Barima uh, to the game, I think it gives the whole team a lift, you know, because guys are excited to see another guy back, you know. Um, so to rewind a little bit, um, he was getting close uh, a week out from the game. Uh, he was doing a bunch of individual work. He went through practices with us. We were kind of in a practice phase. We weren't doing a ton of five-on-five -five stuff um, because we had four games in nine days and we were going 11 straight days. So I didn't want to, you know, totally wear our bodies out. So we kind of limited the five-on-five -five a little bit. So we got a little bit of five-on-five -five action. I had a conversation with him before the game. He was a little unsure about going, and I said, look, Barima, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to put you in the game. You're going to make some mistakes because you haven't played, and I don't care. All I want you to do is go play hard, and 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 we got to start making progress to you being back to what you are. Part of that progress is getting your feet wet in this game. So you're going to play and just go play hard, have fun with it, and you'll be fine. Um, so it was great to see him out there, and if you watch the film – he made a huge play just by doing what Barima does. Again, it was a seven-point game. We get a defensive rebound, get a stop, defensive rebound, and I'm always talking about rim running, rim run, 
rim run because it sucks the defense into the lane. And if you watch the film, that guy took off like a shot, like he was shot out of a cannon, and he sprinted to the rim, and he sucked in two defenders right to the rim, and Jasper, I think it was, crossed floor with the dribble in transition, and Bryson was bare naked on the wing for an open three. And he drills the three, and it puts us up 7-10. to 10. And it was a huge play. And that's his basket just because he sprinted to the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad he's back. You know, he's going to be sore for a little bit, and it's going to take him a couple weeks to get back 100%. But, um, you know, I'm glad he's back. Well, I, I saw him get the ball somewhere near the top and drive to the basket. I'm like, okay, this guy's going to go in and dunk it. And he jumped and made a baseline pass to the, the three-point shooter. I don't remember if it went in or not. I quite frankly, I don't care. I was just impressed with the fact of his athletic ability. So tell me, what exactly can he do other than run to the rim and make yeah. a pass without looking to the guy in the corner? First, the biggest thing he's going to bring is his motor. I mean, he goes extremely hard uh, on both ends of the floor. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that because I think our motor as a team is pretty good right now, and he's just going to add to that. Um, defensively, he's going to he's versatile. You can you can X some things with him. You could actually X 1-5 ball screens, and he'd keep a guard in front of him. Um, he could defensive rebound the ball. Um, he when gets, you say X, you mean switch. Switch, yeah. Okay. Um, he gets out in transition and, and gets us running. Um, he rebounds, he'll block a few shots, and offensively he's got, and you're going to see it kind of come at a pace as he gets healthier. He can put the ball on the floor, he can make a mid-range shot, and he's got a little bit shiftiness to him in the post. Um, it's going to take a minute for him to get all that back coming off the, the time that he was away, uh, but he's definitely going to bring that. And what that's going to allow is, you know, that's going to allow, if you can get him and Peyton out there, um, you know, uh, and, and splitting time in certain ways, it's going to allow Peyton to go harder in the minutes that he goes. You know, it, it's difficult. You know Joe from playing. It's hard to play 35 minutes and go all out 35 yeah. minutes. There's, there's only a select few guys that can do that and be productive the entire time. I always think most times a guy that goes 35, you can probably get the same production out of 27 minutes, you know. and um, Quality, not quantity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, – you know, I, I'm just I'm happy he's on his way back. You know, because he's going to help us. Well, you mentioned two guys. Would you ever play him together, second Peyton Smith? I think it's a possibility. Yeah, you know, I got to see how kind of that evolves. You know, but again, in that four spot, I like that four spot to be like a perimeter. I call him a four guard. No doubt. You know, it's a guy with size. You know, six seven, um, who could put the ball on the floor, could shoot the ball, who can uh, give you some versatility defensively, but still. A little bit of post-up stuff, um, rebound the ball, and Louis and James Jr. are giving that to us right now, and they're doing a very good job of it. So, um, I mean, it's a possibility, but it you know it's something to look at, and you know we'll take a look at it. You know, uh, during our last podcast, uh, Caleb, uh, we asked Jalen Leach about Barima. We had not yet seen Barima on the floor at that point, but uh, he lit up. Jalen did when he talked about Barima, the practice player, and uh, he said that Fairfield fans are going to be really happy with what they get out of him. What can you tell us about Barima, the practice player, and the kinds of things that he's eventually going to uh, bring to this team? Um, I love playing with Barima. Uh, like Coach said, um, he has a high motor, and he's he's always going to play hard. So like how we were talking about Jasper, how we talking about me, he's just he's one of those dudes who's not going to take any crap from anybody, and even if it's not going his way, he's going to play hard. He's going to run the floor. 
He's going to rebound. He's going to block shots. And even in ball screens, he, he's a good slip guy. Good. We have a lob guy now, you know. So, And he's real skilled. People don't know that. So once they start seeing that, I feel like, yeah, the fans will love him as well. And, uh, Chris, you mentioned uh, how Peyton's going to benefit just because of the minutes distribution. The one thing that we've been seeing out of Peyton is um, his fire. And now he's a freshman, and, you know, a, a freshman has to feel his way through the process. But uh, the personality that we saw in the Ryder game, he, he hit that, you know, that big shot. I think it was the plus one. He's all pumped up at the end of the game. We saw it on Saturday against Sacred Heart. Is this uh, is this something that maybe um, we didn't anticipate that you guys saw early on that the fire burns really brightly in this guy? And I say that acknowledging that the fire has to burn brightly in any player who takes the floor mm-hmm. and competes at the Division One level. But uh, Peyton, for a freshman, really has started to show that he can be a, an emotional leader on this team. Yeah, and, um, you know, it, I don't know if people realize 100% what we've done to that kid I mean we took him out of high school he was 17 years old when he walked on campus and we're throwing him in division one games for you know 30 35 minutes a game because we have no bodies and we got guys hurt and he responded to it you know he responded to it he kept his confidence even when it wasn't going his way his teammates did a great job of helping him keep his confidence and they continue to do that and I think that's why you're seeing that in him. He's got people around him who are telling him, yeah, you, you can play. You're, you're, you're a bad boy. Go play. I don't care how old you are, you know. Um, and he's the other thing he's done is he's, he's doing more things because he's really gotten himself in condition. You know, if you watch him now, he's running better. He's quicker off the floor. He had a huge rebound in that game when we were struggling in the first half to score. You watch it on the film. Um, there was a, a a missed shot, a missed three from the left slot, and he worked his way around the block out all the way to the right side of the basket where those shots will come off. They'll usually come off opposite and offensive rebound and put it back in. Um, those are big plays, and those are plays he's starting to make a little bit. So um, I, I'm having fun just watching his progress, you know, because he's an enthusiastic young guy. And um, I like to watch guys get better and like and like to see them feel good about themselves and feel like, all right, I'm, I'm, I can play. I'm on the come, you know. So he's been fun to watch with that. Caleb, from the perspective of somebody who is one of the co-captains on this team and who was there on day one when Peyton showed up as a, uh, as a raw freshman and a 17-year-old, as Coach Casey pointed out, uh, what has impressed you most about his development? Um, honestly, when I was hurt, so when I was hurt and um, we were, you know, Boston College, uh, Rhode Island, you know, I see Peyton, you know, the skill and, you know, the things he does in practice every day. So, you know, I took him to the side one time. This is just a funny story. I took him to the side one time and we were playing, um, I think his name Quentin Post at Boston College. And he was having a good day. He was. And I talked to him. I was like, bro, you do this every day in practice. You score every day in practice. He had an uh, open mid-range shot that he didn't shoot. And we had a timeout the next play. And I told him, I was like, bro, you shoot that every day in practice. You know, you got to start believing in yourself because we all believe in you. Then he went out there, next play, shot a mid-range, looked at me. Next play, a jump hook, <laughs> looked at me. I'm like, that's all it takes. So, you know, when you say, you know, being impressed, I see it every day in practice. I see the work he puts in and yeah. I see how, you know, he's conditioned now from the time he came in until where he's at right now. He's just getting better every day. So it's kind of expected for me because I see it every day. 
So Peyton uh, Smith's already been Mac Rookie of the Week once this year. Uh, Bareem Asek is back on the floor or on the floor for the first time as a stag. And uh, as I've, I've jokingly referred to uh, the uh, Lex Yetna uh, portion of the podcast, the latest <laughs> on him and how is his rehab going and uh, what are we talking about as far as an updated prognosis is concerned? Yeah, he's, he's pretty much uh, the same since we last spoke. He's doing a really good job with his rehab, uh, working extremely hard at it, putting in extra rehab uh, to get back. It's looking like uh, end of the month. Uh, same as we spoke last, uh, and I'm hopeful to get him back after the first of the year and kind of progress him like we progress Barima, like get his feet wet, get him in a couple games, and then I think it's going to be a, a couple to few weeks after that where he can start being himself. You know, it's not easy to come off those long layoffs and then be yourself again. It takes a minute, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously we'd be very excited to have him back too, and that's coming soon. And um, hopefully sooner rather than later. But I, I'm going to say the same thing I said last time. I want him to come back when he's ready to be Lex. You know, not come back and, and not be able to do some of the things that he's capable of doing. So I'm hopeful uh, end of the month we start mixing him into practice and, and start filtering him back. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the status of uh, Michael Rogan. What happened, by the way? Can you tell us? Yeah, so um, basically Mike has been battling a shoulder injury. Uh, for quite some time and to his credit he's fought his way through it and he was practicing and and playing some minutes in games but you could see it was really bothering him Uh, and I think it just got progressively worse so you know those long story short is he went for an MRI and he's got a a torn labrum so it's going to require it's going to require medical attention so he's probably going to be out uh, for the duration of the year. Uh, Caleb a couple of uh, more things for you Um, you're now here at Fairfield one year plus. What has been the most pleasant surprise for you uh, now that you have been a, uh, now you've insinuated yourself into the Fairfield experience prior to when you got here? I'm sure you had some thoughts about, okay, this is what I hope becomes of this experience. How has it lived up to what you were hoping for? Um, so when I got here, you know, I was honestly the fans and the people around. You know, uh, people were just t- telling me, you know, how much love it is and how much, you know, people support us. And I've actually seen that for a whole year. You know, even when we lost, we were on a losing streak. People were still, you know, believing in us and supporting us. And I feel like that goes a long way. So that's probably one of the biggest surprises that I've how did the uh, How do the two Macs compare? Talking about the Mid-American Conference, your former conference at Bowling Green, and uh, the Metro Atlantic, your current conference, uh, Every conference has a personality and different styles. How do they compare, in your opinion? Um, like Coach said, this is more of like a, a guard-oriented league. Uh, I feel like in the other MAC, you know, there were a lot of bigs. And, you know, 7-footers, 6-11s, and these dudes could shoot. You know, they a lot of post-ups. Now, we did have guards in the MAC as well, but we wouldn't ever go like four guards how we do in this MAC, in the other MAC that I was in. So that's probably the biggest difference. Who are, are your best friends on the team? Who have you become closest to? Uh, well, Jay Leach is my roommate, so that's that's my boy. You know, Bryson, uh, he was my roommate last year. And I've gotten really close with uh, with B-Sec, B-Sec and uh, Yetna, you know. So, I mean, I'm cool with all the guys, honestly, sure. Floyd. But when you say, like, who am I really closest to, probably, you know, Jay Leach because he's my roommate. Yeah. Um, outside of basketball, are you involved in any other activities here on campus? What are your other interests? 
Um, honestly, no, I have not got the chance to get in any um, activities around campus here. You know, all my classes are online, so it's kind of the same routine for me every day. You know, I wake up, go to practice, uh, lift, go get some food, I'll get treatment, go get some food, come back, work out in the gym at night, and then that's my day. Basketball he, he, root, he roots for the Cowboys. Yeah, how about so, them Cowboys? So that's so that's his I, other I that's his Cowboys hobby. Fan. He roots for the Cowboys. Well, unfortunately, that so. actually uh, yeah. comes as, as a surprise because as a Philadelphia area guy, yeah. that yeah, begs the question: no geographical it, loyalty. We talk yeah, about no, that all the that time. Yeah. Well, my father. So every all my all my professional teams is because of my father. So yeah. Mm-hmm. you got to ask him. You know, I just grew up. That's just how it was. This is your team. This is what we're rooting for. So I'm a Celtics fan too. So I mean, they, I don't know if you can relate to that because around the area, no, <laughs> no, no. I, I'm uh, laughing because I'm thinking Sixers, Celtics. That's the- yeah, same thing. Yeah, and then I'm also a Braves fan, so Phillies, Braves. Oh, yeah, I know. None of this yeah, makes look, sense. I know. I know. This I'm is all bizarre over. world as far yeah, as I'm all I'm over. Um, for those listeners who aren't familiar with uh, Caleb's uh, geographical background, you're from Cape May Courthouse, not. Cape May specific, but it's right next door, yeah. Atlantic City area. So you're a South Jersey guy, very the close real to South Philadelphia. Jersey, yeah. So maybe not all your professional teams align with Philadelphia, but one thing that does align geographically is where this MAC tournament is played. I'm sure it was a kick for you last year to play the tournament in Atlantic City. Um, Look, we're getting way ahead here, but oh, yeah. you've got to be looking forward to uh, the potential of going out on a real high note in uh, what will be your last go-around as a college player down in A.C., huh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when people ask about, because it is my last year, and people ask about the future and stuff, um, I give them the same answer every time, you know. Tomorrow's not promised. So my thing, my thing is I just want to win each day. So today is going to be a win. If I get tomorrow, I'm going to get win um, tomorrow, then the day after that. And then everything will fall into place. That's just how I feel. That's music to Coach Casey's ears. Yeah, I, know. I know that. That's how a coach is. Let's let's worry about. Yeah, can we get through? Podcast. Let's let's worry about practice tomorrow yeah, before we talk about Atlantic City. <laughs> Still though, uh, it it plays well into a podcast when we bring up the fact that you're uh, from Atlantic City. And you mentioned your father. You're very. It's quite clear you're very close with your father, yes. Lawrence Fields. Correct. Yes, right? absolutely. Corrections officer, is he still? Uh, no, he's retired. He retired. Yeah, he's retired. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. So he gets to spend more time with yeah, you. Yeah, he comes to games when he can. Yeah, he has a lot, a lot of free time now. Well, I wouldn't say free time because he's kind of like how Coach Casey doesn't rest. My dad's doing the same thing. He's always trying to find something to do. He yeah. doesn't want to sit down and relax. I tell him to relax. He's like, nah, I got to go to the gym. Got to work out. Yeah. Or I got uh, maybe I got a security job here. Do something here. He yeah. just never sits down and relaxes. And your sister, she played at Savannah State, correct? Yes. She's done, right? She's she, done, yes. How yes, is, uh, done. How is, what is she doing these days? Uh, she's um, behavior, I think it's called behavior analysis. She's doing work with kids, so she's enjoying herself. She kind of, And she's training now. She actually is training now. So in her free time, she went back and she said, you know, she sat down with me and my father, and she was like, I miss it. And mm-hmm. we were like, well, you miss what? And she was like, I miss basketball, yeah. so I'm going to start training kids again. So she's training She's training uh, three, four days a week, actually. So she really enjoys that. She just had her own clinic, I would say, two weeks ago. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. so she's, she's back in. She's giving she's back, back to it. Now, you're working on a, an MBA, is that correct? Yes. So somewhere along the line, and I know you want to talk only about tomorrow's <laughs> practice and what lies uh, ahead in the next few uh, minutes and hours, uh, but that MBA is something I'm sure that'll come in handy somewhere down the line. But 
I'm sure you don't want to give up on basketball right away. There's no, some... I, you know, my main main goal is obviously you know play uh, professional basketball as long as I can. But I got the opportunity. You know, it's a blessing to get a free master's degree. Mm-hmm. So you know, my parents are like, "Look, you're going to do it." You know, because I had an opportunity just like, oh, I was just going to be like, I'll just take classes and just fill it in. And then after that, I'll be fine. They were like, no, this is an opportunity to get a free master's degree. And no one can take that away from you the rest of your life. So that's what I did. Sage advice. Absolutely <laughs> solid advice. A couple of other uh, tidbits for Coach Casey. I wanted to ask you about uh, contract statuses of some of these schools uh, that you've been playing. Uh, I have put together a list Drexel New Hampshire Yale Wagner FDU all these teams that uh, have been non-conference opponents I don't know if I, how many I hit how many are relevant but uh, let's take Yale for instance okay we'll fire them off continue? to me so Yale um Yale was the end of the contract so we're not guaranteed to play them next year uh there's a outside possibility we may be in the same MTE as them so there's a possibility we could play them in there um Wagner, this is the end of the contract. Um, who else we got? New Hampshire, that's the end of the contract. Drexel will be returning to us next year um, off the, their MTE this year. Uh, who am I missing here now? Yeah, help me out here, Joe. Who did I uh, – I rattled some schools off there. and Boston to... College, Rhode Island. Yeah, those, those are um, – those are single games. Money games. Uh, yeah, so there's a possibility we might get those back next New year. Uh, New Hampshire, that was the end of the contract, yeah. so we won't play them again. Uh, the interesting one is Sacred Heart, which I have to – that was the beginning of the contract. Oh. So – and now they're in the league. Technically, they owe you a home game. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that is very interesting. That's going to be an interesting conversation yeah. going forward. So, but we'll, Could, uh, so let me ask you a question. Could you play them – you're going to play them twice – could you play them as a non-conference game? That's what I have to find out. Yeah, but I mean, is it you got to find out from the NCA or is I, I let I, let's say they want to? I'd have to find out from from the conference, like how the how does the MAC yeah. handle something yeah. like that? I don't yeah. know if there's a bylaw, you know, that addresses it, or if it's a unique situation that they've never seen, you know. So um, they owe you. They owe you something. Yeah. Let's <laughs> see what you can yeah. get, bro. Well, I, I like to collect too when I'm old. So. You, <laughs> Well, it's that portion of the podcast, Joe. Any final? Yeah, I, I have a couple of things. Um, one of them was going to be about the Cowboys because I know Caleb's a Cowboy fan. So uh, forget that one. I have two others. Got a chance to spend some time with one of your mentors, Howie Dickerman, at the Sacred Heart game. And it dawned on me why he was there. You being the head coach of Fairfield, you coached for him. And Anthony Latina from Sacred Heart also coached for him. So I thought that was kind of neat. Just your thoughts. Did you know he's coming? Did you get a chance to talk to him? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I, I speak to Coach. He texts me after every game, uh, always with some positive words. I knew he was coming to that game. You right. know, Anthony and I worked together on the same staff uh, for I think it was two to three years. Um, I think it was two years. Uh but Coach D is just—I mean—he was an outstanding coach and an even better person. Yeah. You know, he—I'll give you—I'll give you an idea what kind of guy he is. This is a true true story. So when I was at Central, my daughters were very young, and they used to come up, you know, at the end of practice, or they would love to see him. They would go into his office. He'd always have like a, in his left hand drawer, he'd have lollipops or stuff mm-hmm. like that for any little kid that came through. 
So they would always go see him. They'd draw him pictures, and they'd bring him pictures, and then right. he would give them lollipops. So um, last summer, uh, I go down to the mailbox, and there's this big package, right? And there's no return address on it, just my address. And I open the package. Now, my daughter's now, mind you, one's going to be uh, 24, and the other will be 22 uh, this spring and summer. He sends me, he saved all those pictures that they drew for him wow. over those few wow. years. That's and he great. sent them to me and said, hey, uh, Case, I thought you might like to have this. And yeah, That's the kind of guy he is, you know. Good Second thing I have. Um, so this podcast will be dropped. And we would already have announced that my partner, you're going to turn red. Bob Usler is going into the Fairfield Athletic Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, well deserved and long time coming. My partner ignored my request. Which was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know he was going to Bob. So. Don't bring this up. Uh, thank, well, thank you for bringing it up, Joe. But well let me deserved, just, Bob. Well, well deserved, deserved, absolutely. All I'll say is um, there's a reason I've been doing this for as long as I have, and it's close to 40 years I've been on the microphone for Fairfield. And if this is part of it, I'll accept it, but believe me, I have gained much more from this than anybody can give me beyond that. So I'll just leave it at that, but thank you for bringing it up. You're welcome. Well-deserved. Long time coming. No more uh, no more final words on that. No, okay? no, I'm good. We're going to end on a high note. And no more final words with you, Caleb. We intend to have you back on toward the end of the season to uh, talk about what uh, hopefully turns into exactly the kind of season you want it to be as uh, – you um, look at the uh, end of your college career and hopefully goes out on a, on a championship note. Thank you for being our guest Thank here today. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. That'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Fairfield coach Chris Casey. Next up for the Stags, it's essentially uh, the Fairfield NEC Challenge. Three straight games against mm -hmm. NEC opponents. The Stags are home this Sunday afternoon. That's December 17th, a 2 o'clock tip against Wagner. Then it's a road game on December the 21st against FDU. And then back home on Saturday, December 30th, to play LeMoyne. And then it's smack play the rest of the way. And our next podcast won't drop until uh, early in the new year. So this is our last podcast, Joe, of the uh, calendar year 2023. Uh, that podcast will drop a few days before the Stags return to Mac play when they hit the road to take on Siena January 5th. So for Chris Casey and our special guest, Caleb Fields, and for the Fairfield Hall of Fame with Joe DeSantis and our podcast engineer, Wyatt Dossie, I'm Bob Yeesler. Thanks for listening to Open Court.